going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 47 of the Deep Ball Gridiron Edition. I'm your host, Anthony Pello, joined, of course, by my co-host, Corey Lickman. Corey, I mean, week 10, another crazy week, the primetime games, some shockers, man. It, it, the NFL season just not disappointing, and I'm all ready to get into it. Yeah, pal, I'm kind of convinced that it's just, you, you uh, this season, you, you really never know who's going to, Who's gonna come come away with a win on Sundays, Mondays, or Thursdays? It's a pretty crazy season, and that's uh, I don't know I've, I'm honestly starting to kind of like it. Uh, just a lot of random. You never know what's gonna happen, and it's pretty good to see. Yeah, it's the beauty of the NFL, man. You got to go out and play every single week. Nothing's given to any of these teams. You got to earn these wins, and uh, there are a bunch of teams that going into this week. I mean, maybe they necessarily you didn't think they had a chance, but they earned these wins. I guess we'll get into it right away now. Uh, the first game, the Thursday night football game, the Miami Dolphins absolutely, if you ask me, shock the Baltimore Ravens. They beat them 22-10 in this game. I mean, pressure would be the word to describe this game. Miami did such a good job, really all game, crowding the line of scrimmage on defense and sending six, seven guys at Lamar Jackson and said, all right, we're not going to let you run. And we're going to just go right after you. And for some reason, Greg Roman, the, Ra- the Ravens offensive coordinator, I mean, he just refused to block extra people. It, it, it boggles my mind. He left Lamar kind of out the dry and, yeah, really never really adjusted. I mean, the Dolphins were literally showing the same look, it seemed like, for three quarters of this game. And they never changed off. They never changed off it. Uh, good for the Dolphins, a good win there. But if I'm the Ravens and specifically Greg Roman, I'm uh, disappointed, if you ask me. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the Ravens' offense in this game was, was pretty stifled, honestly. I'll give credit to the uh, the Dolphins' defense. I, I don't know what was – I mean, I know the Dolphins' defense was, um, was sending guys and kind of just, like, locking down. But I don't know. Some of the play calls, I don't know. It kind of – they were, like, pretty conservative play calls. It was, like, third and, like, eight, and Lamar's just throwing it out outside – to like Marquise Brown, they're picking up like three, four yards and they're punting it. I don't know if they just didn't think Lamar would have time to drop back, but I don't know what was going on. The, the Miami defense obviously was really good in this game. Obviously a complete shocker. I think no one really saw saw this coming, but Miami uh, back-to-back wins. The defense looking a little bit better, maybe a little bit towards um last year's team. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying Miami... I think it's a little too late for them to make any type of run. I'm not really that confident in them either, but I know this was just a, an impressive outing from from their defense completely stifling uh, the Ravens' offense. Yeah, well, it was an impressive outing for them. Definitely their best performance of the year. They kind of built off that Texans game where I believe they they forced five turnovers in that game. Yeah, I mean, even if the Dolphins, you look at it this way, Jacoby Brissett was a starter this game. He got hurt. He hurt his knee. They bring in Tua off the bench, and Tua honestly looked pretty good. I know he didn't really have to do a whole lot, but almost threw for like 160 yards. I know they kind of put the game away with that late completion late in the fourth quarter there. They got helped by a defensive touchdown, and that's all she wrote for the Baltimore Ravens as they fall to 6-3 and three in the AFC North. Yeah, I mean, I love how – I mean, it's the payo jinx. I put – I went on the podcast last week, and I said I think Lamar Jackson would be my MVP. And I'm not, I'm not throwing this game on Lamar Jackson because it is not – one at all on Lamar Jackson, but uh, it just goes to show you know what I mean. I say that, and then the team loses by 12 points to an underachieving Miami Miami Dolphins team. But it is what it is, I guess. But yeah, um, hopefully Greg Roman can figure something out on the offensive end because they 
I'm like I'm I don't I'm not trying to exaggerate. Like that was one of the most embarrassing things I've seen from an offensive coordinator definitely this year. I, it just it boggled my mind that they just didn't adjust. And like I get what you're saying. Like yeah, the like the play calling was very conservative. I thought it kind of had to be in a sense. But like there's just there was just so many other ways if you ask me they could have attacked the Dolphins defense the way they were coming at them and they just didn't. So figure it out. You know what I mean? I'm I'm not an NFL offensive coordinator, but um. I don't, I don't know. You know, I, I I just thought it was crazy. I thought, besides, well, we'll move on to that because I, I can go on and on with that. But the Kansas City Chiefs, of course, Sunday night football, they, they're they they're back. Cam Newton's back this week, but the Kansas City Chiefs also might be back. I mean, they absolutely trounced Vegas Raiders 41 to 14. Was a good game in the first half, and then they kind of blew it open in the second. I mean, Patrick Mahomes kind of um was kind of on a roll. Travis Kelsey had about 120 yards. I know Tyreek Hill had two touchdowns in this game. It, it's almost like you were waiting, you were waiting. You're like, they have to eventually break out someday. I think this was that game. I'm curious to see if, the, if it's not just a one-week thing. But, um, yeah, those are the Chiefs that you watch, and you're like, all right, those are the guys who preseason were the Super Bowl favorites. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I had a 16 parlay Raiders money line last leg. I mean, classic prime Patrick Mahomes returns but yeah I mean the Chiefs in this game their offense was uh was basically unstoppable I don't know how many three and outs they had but I can guarantee it was like under let's just say they, they, they were getting more touchdowns than uh than punting or anything but I know this um this offense kind of got back to um they, they were able to do last year kind of I know they had some uh big like Long play drives, but we're, we're kind of just moving the ball with ease. Um, I'm not, I like I last week, I know the like we said, the Raiders kind of once they figured out the Chiefs last year, but were able to put up like play with the Chiefs last year. The Raiders were, were able to like score right with the Chiefs, like they were never really able to stop the Chiefs. Like those both times, like they, they played close games last year, they were really high scoring games, and in this one, they like. Once again, we're not able to stop the Kansas City Chiefs. Just weren't able to really move the ball that well. I know they came out of half with um, a touchdown to Brian Edwards, but besides that, um, yeah, Raiders did not really show much there in the second half. But yeah, I think the Kansas City Chiefs is definitely an encouraging sign. I think I need to see another week. I think this week's a big game against uh, the Dallas Cowboys, a top team. They come out, put on um, another offensive clinic. Then I'll say. Um, they're back, but yeah, Kansas City Chiefs look up, and they're uh, they're at the top of the AFC West right now. Yeah, I mean, you you mentioned that the Raiders, yeah, they just weren't able to score with the Chiefs like they were able to last year, which is very true. I mean, they couldn't run the ball at all this past Sunday night. I think their leading rusher was Derek Carney. Uh, he didn't run for a whole ton of yards. One for nine on third down as well, with the Raiders won't help. I mean, maybe you're thinking that the Chiefs' defense. I mean, they definitely played their best game of the season as well. So. When you get your offense finally kind of explode, your defense then kind of maybe gain some momentum and maybe it's just one of those things, you know what I mean? They're just going to kind of click at the right time. So hopefully for the Chiefs' sake, they're able to figure that out. I think it almost sucks in the sense that the Chiefs, after they play Dallas, has, has a bye, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. you're kind of struggling in the midpoint of the year, right? You finally think you might have figured it out. Say they go this week and they kind of roll Dallas. It's like you have all the momentum and now you got to go on a bye, like, kind of sucks but just the way the schedule shapes up hopefully for the Chiefs they're able to bounce back against the, uh, hopefully for the Chiefs they're able to continue to uh roll on all cylinders and beat Dallas but uh yeah that's a huge play like a huge playoff test 
I'll say in a sense like that, because if you want to be a good playoff team, you got to beat a team like the Dallas Cowboys, who are in their own right, uh, looks like a surefire playoff team. Moving on court to the Monday night football game. I mean, the San Francisco 49ers also made a statement this Monday. I mean, they beat the Rams 31-10 in a game that the Rams coming off a loss. And the Niners, too, were coming off that ugly loss to the Cardinals with no Kyler Murray. I was, I mean, I think that might have been one of the first times that I didn't take the Niners because I'm always pretty high on the Niners. I like Kyle Shanahan. I like what they can do on the offense side of the ball. And obviously, they play good complementary football. Their defense is pretty good, too. But I was like, you know what? After what they showed on that Sunday night football, on that Sunday game against the Cardinals, and then with the Rams also coming off a loss, I was like, all right, I think this is a good bounce back spot for the Rams. Absolutely not. The Niners just dominated the game flow of this game. I mean, early they get a pick, and then they go on like a 20-play drive or something like that. Debo Samuel should get talked about if you ask me. If you're just like – if you – like. The wide receiver position, he just does so much from it that he's got to be up there as a top receiver in the game because he he's an elite run blocker. Obviously, he's a good route runner and stuff like that. He's um, unbelievable after the catch. And, I mean, you could just put him out running back, and he's going to give you some good yards there. It, it's awesome what he was able to do. And for Kyle Shanahan, it looks like when he has his guy, George Kittle, his run game is able to really explode. And on the Rams side of things, you get Odell Beckham Jr. They lost Robert Woods to a torn ACL on Friday right after they signed Odell. And, uh, yeah, kind of a tough performance from them back-to-back weeks. A little kind of disappointments on primetime. They go into their bye. I think it's a perfect week for them to have a bye week and hopefully get things right because this is not the team that I saw, like, the first eight weeks of the regular season. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to start. You said uh, Debo Samuel. That's exactly what I was going to say. I mean, this guy is just – an absolute problem. I think he's obviously having like a big breakout year, but like you said, I think his um his name, if you talk about like top 10, I'm not saying he's that high yet or anything, but like top 10 wide receivers, I feel like Debo Samuel's name, like not even a thought, but Debo Samuel's just so versatile. Um, Obviously, like you said, he could block, could put him in the backfield and he's just an absolute dog on um after the catch and everything like that. But yeah, I mean, the 49ers, look really good in this one but I think the Rams it's like another game like Matthew Stafford throwing two picks like right off the bat just they obviously it's still early the game but it's just tough to um sometimes it's tough to bounce back especially on the road against uh I know the record doesn't say so but like the 49ers are, are a decent team like sometimes it's not easy to bounce back like that and yeah I mean Odell did not make that big of an impact on his uh, in his first game with the Rams. I think he will um, soon. But, yeah, I think this game, the 49ers just uh, came to play, and they looked really good in this one. I'll give credit to them. But, yeah, I mean, the Rams back-to-back losses. I think at this point they're just – like, they're just – they have incoming talent coming that – I don't know, I think it's, it's, it's football. It's a team game. They got to get some uh, some chemistry going and, like, figure out – Everything with um with because obviously the talent's there. You just gotta figure it out, and I think they will. I think obviously they're the best team on paper in the NFL, and I'm not really worried about them yet. I it's still they're still seven and three, but yeah, it's just a a good win by by the 49ers. Yeah, I mean you mentioned those Stafford two interceptions. I mean one of them wasn't on him. The pick six, Tyler Higby ball goes right through his hands. But I mean the one that he threw to Odell was, if you ask me, awful. Like, I don't know what he was trying to do. I think he actually thought he could throw the ball like 80 yards in the air. Like, I don't know. I don't know what he was thinking, but I guess you'll live with that. You know what I mean? He's been so good this year that he kind of 
he, he deserves a bad throw here and there. I know they had a couple of bad drops, too, on third down in the second half of this game. Cooper Cup had a drop on third down. Higby had another drop on third down. Just a little sloppy from the Rams. Again, I don't like how that was the performance they turn in after they just had a like disappointing game at home on primetime. You know what I mean? Those back-to-back. But they're on the bye week. Hopefully they can get right. Also, the fake field goal in this game was not a fan of that at all. Uh, right before the half, let Matt Gay at least kick that and get some momentum. I know they weren't getting the ball at halftime, but um, I don't know. I, I, just, I just didn't like that call. I guess in hind, hindsight's twenty twenty, but I don't know. I just didn't love that. But for the 49ers, they desperately needed kind of like a signature win to kind of get them back on track. Obviously, the NFC playoff picture is kind of very murky with a bunch of five and four win teams. Uh, really fighting for like the last two wild card spots, I guess you could say, or really the last one. No, yeah, the last two. So I think that the 49ers right in. I mean, I mentioned before the season that the 49ers are a playoff team. And I think when you look ahead of them, like teams like the Saints, the Panthers, even the Vikings, I know the Falcons have four wins. I'm like, I think the 49ers are the best of that bunch. I think a game like that kind of proves why they were a Super Bowl team less than two years ago. I'm not saying they're as good as they were in 2019. They're not. But um, hopefully for them, they, th- this just gets them back on the right track. I know they played Jacksonville this week, which, again, you'd love to just follow up this nice win with a nice big win in Jacksonville. But that's what good teams, too. If the 49ers are going to be a good team, uh, they have to take care of business. And they uh, got to get really more in the win column. So hopefully the Niners, for my sake, at least, can uh, make a nice little run. Because I think they could easily upset a playoff team just like they upset the Rams this past week. I mean, that's a team that when they're able to get into their flow on offense, they are very, very difficult to stop because they can just absolutely take over a game and control core. I mentioned earlier in the episode, Cam Newton is back. I mean, of course, he signed with the Panthers literally right after we recorded our episode last week. But now he signs with them. He plays a little bit on Sunday. He wins them a football game. I mean, I don't know how much really was him. I mean, they kind of really took care of business he did have two touchdowns though and he was screaming I thought that was awesome that little clip but good for Cam Newton good for the Panthers to finally get back in the win column as well yeah I mean PJ Walker Cam Newton Cam Newton obviously making an impact um had that rushing touchdown and that throwing touchdown to Robbie Anderson I I, I wouldn't say I, like if Cam Newton doesn't play this game they probably still win the game but I just think um Cam Newton back in Carolina just like brought some type of energy to this uh to this team as a whole. But Sam Darnold, uh, the offense really has been been pretty bad over the last few weeks. And um PJ Walker had a I mean he got the job done. I mean this is against a, a Cardinals team. If you look at the, the spread, like Cardinals are pretty big favorites in this. Like I think they got caught up with, with Colt McCoy beating the 49ers um I think two weeks ago. Or it was the last week, I'm not sure. But yeah, I mean the Panthers like that's another team five and five now. They're uh, they're right in the playoff picture. I think Cam Newton's getting the start this week, and I don't know. I expect him back in Carolina to to do pretty well. But I honestly kind of like Cam Newton in that in that type of role where you could bring him in, in um, inside like the five, inside the ten, let him maybe run in for a touchdown or, or scramble out and, and find someone because he 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 could do that definitely. Uh, I think he. He's more than capable of being a starter, starting quarterback for the for the Panthers, but I don't know I kind of like him also in that type of role where you could just bring him in, something like the the Bears would use for Justin Fields or the Niners use for like Trey Lance. Like Cam Newton um, is pretty good in that role, but I know he's going to get the start this week, and I expect him uh, to do well in that role also. 
Yeah, I think that was maybe something that Cam Newton would have done if he stayed in New England and been the backup to Mac Jones. I thought that that would still be a package that he would because obviously you get close down there. You start in the QB run game. You get that extra blocker in the running back in the run game, so it helps out a lot. Uh, I think another big factor of this game, obviously, Christian McCaffrey. I know it was his, I think this is the second game back now from injury. Yeah, honestly, might have even been his third. But he had like 23 total touches in this game. He had uh, for over like 150 yards. Didn't score a touchdown. I kind of got gypped of one from uh, Chuba Hubbard in this game and Cam Newton in the red zone. But I don't, I don't think he cares when they're winning 34 to 10. But yeah, you're 100% right. I think people got caught up. That line was so broken. If you actually people just got caught up in the fact that the Panthers were trending down and the Arizona Cardinals just won that game against the 49ers in pretty nice fashion with Cole McCoy. But I feel like that's like one of the things that happens. You know what I mean? You run into like a lot of luck with your backup quarterback in a sense, like the first week. And then the second week, you look pretty mortal in a sense. Like, I don't want to say like, I won't compare it to the Jets a couple of weeks ago. Cause like when Mike White got hurt, but like, I remember like even last year when Cole McCoy won that game against the Seahawks uh, with the Giants on like on that Sunday. And then Two weeks later, he started again against the Browns, and they were beyond flat in that game. Like they just came out and they were like, "All right, well, that's how you expect the backup quarterback to perform." Just one of those, you know, I mean, the luck runs out a little bit, get a little too comfortable. Hopefully, for their sake, they get Kyler Murray back. I know they have a bye coming up in Week 12, so maybe it makes sense to sit Murray again for their long-term playoff hopes, especially because the Rams are on a bye too, so they can't really gain a game on them. But uh, yeah, a tough, a tough week for the AFC, for the top of the NFC West in the Niners and the Cardinals for the Panthers sake, like you were saying, they could tech, they could be a playoff team. They are right in the thick of things. Uh, it goes to Cam Newton. Cam Newton's a wild card. The Panthers are going to go travel to play, or actually they might be home. No, the Panthers are home this weekend, excuse me, but they're going to play the Washington football team. And the Washington football team is coming off a nice little win against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 29 to 19. Uh, a little sluggish performance from the Bucks here coming off a of bye week. I mean, you don't really love to see a team, if you ask me, that's a favorite losing off the bye week. It's like, what did you guys just do? Like, were you prepping or weren't you prepping? Like, that's just kind of lazy. But the Washington defense finally got after it a little bit, made Tom Brady uncomfortable. And for um, them, they lose Chase Young, which is bittersweet for them, obviously, to win the game and then not lose your star on your defense. But a pretty good win that maybe they think could potentially turn their season around. I know it might be too little too late, but uh, that's a performance. If you ask me that they would, uh, they would like to see every single week, kind of let their defense take control of the game and on offense, just play complimentary football and just don't turn the ball over. Yeah. That's, um, that's what the Washington football team did. I thought, I mean, this game was a, um, a rematch from the wild card round. Last year, where the where the Washington football team gave the the Buccaneers a good fight, I didn't I didn't think they'd win this game, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the football team looked good, looked better in this one. Like you said, the Buccaneers. I know Brady, two picks early in that game. I mean, it's just tough to uh, to rebound like that. Like I said, like with Matthew Stafford, but I don't know. The football team were my pick to uh, to win the NFC East before the season. Obviously, I don't think that's going to happen anymore. But you never know, because I know last year they really um, they did not start good uh, good at all. I know they ended what seven and nine last year or something like that. Mm-hmm. But that's not going to win the NFC East this year. But I I think this all uh, this football team could potentially get on a little bit of run. And I mean the NFC the NFC playoff picture um, at the wild card like there's a lot of teams who are, who are capable capable of getting that just because um, the record isn't that strong for, for the wild card holder right now. So, I mean, I, I don't think the football team could get that, but 
don't know. They could they could throw their names in there if they could um they could beat Carolina this weekend and they'll make that um a little more interesting. Yeah, I think that there's definitely an opening in the NFC playoff picture. I think if they can beat Carolina, then they definitely have a chance at least to throw their hat in there, you know what I mean, and compete. But they just got to take control games. I mean, I think the biggest stat from this game is that Washington had double time of possession than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They converted on 11 out of – they were 11 for 19 on third down, which is pretty crazy. I mean, 10-plus conversions on third down in a game is pretty significant. So good for Washington, for Tampa Bay, like I said – like I kind of similar to the Rams, I, I just don't like it. Doesn't get doesn't make me feel good about a team when you're coming off a loss or something like that, or in their say coming off a bye and you lose to a team that you're favored against. You should win those games. So I mean, between those three teams, you got the Bucks, the Rams, and the Cardinals. I mean, are you worried about any of these three teams? Or do you think that it's just like a little hiccup in the season that they'll be able to recover from this? I mean, I'm not I'm not worried about a team who has um who has Tom Brady who has been playing at an MVP uh, MVP clip this season. So I'm definitely not worried about the Bucks. Not worried about the Rams either. I think the talent will speak for their set for them for themselves soon enough. And I can't be worried about the Cardinals. I mean they just they they got blown out, but I think people are exaggerating. Like they literally just had Colt McCoy, their backup quarterback starting. They got a win in San Francisco and they lost at home to Carolina, I think. If uh Cliff Kingsbury heard they they split both those games. The backup QB, I think he'd be all right with that. So I'm not really worried about any of these teams right now. I think they'll um they're all they'll all um be there at the end of um end of the season in the NFC playoff picture at the top. So yeah, kind of boring take, but I'm not really worried about any three of these yet. Yeah, I mean you say kind of a boring take. I'm gonna kind of back you up on it. I'm not not yet at least. I'll say you know what I mean. Give me the Rams coming off the bye week and they lay they lay like an absolute like stinker and I'm gonna be like all right yeah maybe the Rams a little bit like that that's no good but yeah either of these teams I mean you spoke to it perfectly I'm, there's no way the Buccaneers and Tom Brady I mean even what you saw what they were last year when they were seven and five and then the run that they went on no way I'm counting them out obviously they're still one of the best teams in the NFC I still honestly think they are probably team number two me honestly maybe even competing for number one now with the Rams because the Rams have uh kind of opened up my eyes a little bit to some of the things they don't do necessarily very well. And uh, obviously, yeah, the Cardinals have been without Kyler Murray, even DeAndre Hopkins, too, so that doesn't help at all. So I'm sure these teams will get back on the right track. Another team in the NFC that is currently the number one seed, the Green Bay Packers had a nice little win on Sunday. They won 17-0 against Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks. Obviously, Wilson back for the first time in a couple weeks. Wasn't too sharp. I mean, only threw for 160 yards. Didn't have a touchdown, two interceptions. Aaron Rodgers really didn't play great either. Didn't throw for a touchdown, but it was kind of bad weather. They were able to rely on A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. I know Aaron Jones did go out in this game as well, but I think the Packers would be fine. A.J. Dillon is an absolute tank. I mean, that guy is hard to bring down. Nobody really wants to tackle him, but uh, yeah, credit to the Packers defense. I mean, really playing a complete football game in that sense, kind of helping Rodgers out there. And for the Seahawks, I think it was just one of those things where Wilson, he's back, but he wasn't really like 100% back. This week is a huge test for them against the Cardinals, and it's really a must-win game. It's a have-to-have-it game at home for the Seahawks. So I'm curious um, definitely to see that game and how much like urgency they come out with in life because, I mean, if they fall to 3-7 and seven after this week, their playoff hopes are uh, they'd have to go on a crazy run for them to have a chance in the playoffs. But they got, they got to get going. Yeah, this was kind of a boring game, but I think um, this this Packers team could potentially – be dangerous because you know the offensive side. I know they didn't really do that well in this game, but you know what they're capable of. And the fact that 
their defense has been probably one of the league's best um, this year. And over the last two two weeks, I know they they went up against a Patrick Mahomes offense. I don't think they give up. They've given up a a touchdown. I I I forgot the stat. It was like I don't think it's been since like the first or second quarter since that Kansas City Chiefs game because they didn't give one up this whole game. I just think. Mm-hmm. I don't know this 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 Packers team is just like of evolutionizing into a complete team like their defense right now looking really good. I don't even think Jair Alexander playing um in the secondary. I mean Kevin King usually a meme comes up with a an interception in the end zone against uh, the Seahawks and yeah, I think this this Packers team could be dangerous but for the Seahawks, Russell Wilson first game back clearly showed some type of um rust he uh, I don't know, he was just missing some throws. He had fifty a fifty percent completion percentage for under two hundred yards. I know the weather wasn't great, but clearly was not prime Russell Wilson. Like you said, this week, I mean, you could say if they lose it, they could go on a run. But the Seahawks know this is a must win, kind of with their season on the line. You drop to three and seven, uh, I don't think you're going to the playoffs four and six, maybe you got a slither of hope, but this is a huge game for the Seahawks. But yeah, I think this game says, um, I think the big thing in this one is the Packers defense um, improving. And I don't know, I think they might be uh, right now. I think you got to say they're the best team in the NFC. Yeah. I mean, we mentioned those other teams before, like, are we really worried about them in the NFC? But while those teams are losing, the Packers are putting on a nice little victory. And you mentioned the fact that the defense is finally stepping up and that's how they win this game. I'm always looking for teams to do X me that could win in a lot of different ways. You know what I mean? Like, I know the Niners team of two years ago, they showed you that they could run the ball 40 times and they could win in no problem with their run game. They showed you that they could lean on their defense and win. And even that game, I'll never forget against, like, the Saints when Jimmy Garoppolo put up 40-something points. I mean, they showed that they could go toe-to-toe in a shootout, if you want to say. I mean, last year, the Bucks too, they could beat you so many different ways, however they wanted to do it. And, I mean, the Packers now, you're getting that sense, too, that they're a complete football team that if something were to go wrong in a game or you take away something, you slow down Aaron Rodgers, that's no problem. We'll, we'll lean on our run game a little bit, and our defense will carry us to victory. If you can win different ways in the National Football League, you set yourselves up to have a really successful playoff run. So that was definitely eye-opening in that sense and what the uh, what, what's been happening with that defense, too. I think Joe Barry is there. Defensive coordinator, he's from the Rams. He used to be the linebackers coach yeah, last year, first year uh, defensive coordinator. What a great hire, it seems like, so far. They play the, the Vikings this week. They play the Rams next week, and then they go on their bye. So two tough tests before that. And I think, if, I mean, if we're talking in week 13 with the Packers at 10-2 and two, coming off those two wins, I think we're definitely uh, safe to say that they should be the NFC favorites for sure. Not If not already, but Moving on court to another team, if you ask me, probably one of the biggest, I don't want to say surprises in a sense, but if you would have told me that the outcome would be 45 to 7 in favor of the Patriots, I would have said that's crazy. But it's just one of those things, man. This Patriot team is it's like ridiculously dangerous. I actually think they're going to give the Bills a run for their money in the AFC East, which preseason I didn't. And I don't think that's a knock on the Bills either. It's just that this Patriots team, when Mac Jones gets going and he's able to just get in a groove, they can't really be stopped. They run the ball extremely well. They have one of the best offensive lines of football. And they, of course, a Bill Belichick team on the defensive side of the ball will always be prepared and will always be able to shut a team down. I mean, it's unbelievable that, like, kind of like they don't, like, 
people not count them out in a sense, but yeah, they're almost like, yeah, the Patriots, you know what I mean? They're just like, they're not the same team. I mean, they still Bill Belichick, man, one of the greatest coaches of all time, if not the greatest. So um, they have the Bills in a couple weeks. I think that um, that matchup will be a huge indicator on if they can run the division. I think if they beat the Bills the first week, the first time, I think the Bills are in trouble. But uh, yeah, I mean, you just look at what they can do when they can run the ball and they can play when, when a team plays right into their plan almost. I mean, they they really don't have a choice. So a uh, great win for the Patriots. Another dominating victory at home. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you this, this, this Patriots team is is really getting hot. And I don't know, you look at that AFC uh, picture. I, I would definitely watch out for the uh, New England Patriots. I know everyone's probably does not want to see them in the playoffs if they get there. But if you look, you got Tennessee without Derrick Henry. Buffalo, probably the best team, but they've been kind of shaky. Baltimore, obviously, on Thursday Night Football did not look too good. I mean, Kansas City, if they can return back to form, obviously, they're dangerous, but they haven't been able to do that. And like, besides, like, the Chargers, pretty inconsistent. Like, there's not one team that really sticks out to me. And in a year like this, I would not be surprised if, if Bill Belichick is able to lead his team and uh, make a run deep in the AFC playoffs. I mean, they're getting hot at the right time. I know there's still a decent amount of time left, but this is just an absolute beatdown. Like you said, their um, their defense always always elite, but this offense, uh, they could run the ball. Mac Jones really is coming into his own. I remember I was saying, telling you, like, Matt Jones isn't the truth, but I don't know. He, he's in a great system, and, and he's honestly starting to um, play really well. And yeah, I mean this 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 Patriots team. I don't think anyone wants to see them right now. Uh, yeah, I mean they I think they they get another win against the Falcons on uh on Thursday night. But for sure, if um the Bills better watch themselves because they do not want to lose that uh, division lead. And the Patriots are honestly half a game behind them. And this is a deep AFC playoff picture. You don't want to get caught not winning your division. But yeah, I think the Patriots are uh the hottest team in the NFL right now, definitely in the AFC. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess you could talk and you could be like, well, the Patriots haven't really beaten anybody great this year. They've lost a lot of the games to premier opponents, but they did beat the Chargers. They had that nice win there. I guess that's their best win, if you ask me. But do you remember, they brought the Bucks down to the wire and they brought the Cowboys too. So this is a team that, again, they've played pretty well against the top competition. Yes, they haven't won yet, but give them a little bit of time. Now they're on their defense has been unbelievable. Uh, I mean, they've given up less than 14 points combined over the last two weeks against the Panthers and the Browns. I'm not going to say two great offenses, but two, like, not terrible. I mean, middle of the pack to, like, bottom 10, I guess you'd say. But besides the fact, I mean, not, not really the Browns. I mean, Baker Mayfield got a little banged up in this game, but even when he was out there, wasn't really doing too much. From the Browns' standpoint, again, a loss that kind of worries me in a sense that – um. You know what I mean? Again, I sat here and I was like, yeah, I, I won't change my playoff prediction because I think maybe the Browns could get hot at the time, but I, I don't know about that now. The AFC North picture's a little murky there, but yeah, nice win for the Patriots. And I think the Patriots for sure have to be like in the playoff radar in a sense like that. I like now I would be way more surprised if the Patriots end up not making the playoffs than if they do because of how they perform, how they've been performing and uh, how really they've been able to like compliment Mac Jones. Like they've done such a good job at catering to his strengths which is what I wish a lot more coaches did with their rookie quarterbacks. Yes, Mac Jones was probably the most ready in the sense that because he's from Alabama and he's not really like he's more of an executor. You know what I mean? He's not X like you don't put your whole offense. You don't throw it all at Mac Jones. and like, all right, 
elevate us. You know what I mean? They're just like play in between the lines and Mac Jones, you're going to deliver the football and you're going to do it at an elite level. And he really has, he's been great this year. It's going to be a good race for rookie of the year. And I'm sure he's definitely leading the pack. One last thing, Cora, I'll touch on before we get into our game picks. I mentioned the AFC North, a little murky. I mean, tough week for them. The Bengals were on a bye, so they couldn't lose and disappoint anybody this week. But the Ravens, obviously, on Thursday night football, get a tough loss. The Browns get absolutely demolished by the New England Patriots. And then the Steelers, I mean, I know they didn't have Ben Roethlisberger. They tie the Lions. Good for the Lions to finally uh, avoid being first ever a win 17 team. But kind of just an ugly week for the AFC North. I guess that's what's going to happen for a division that was kind of looking pretty promising a couple weeks ago. doesn't look as promising, but uh, I'm sure plenty of time left they can uh, get back on the right track. Yeah, I mean, this division's just an absolute grind. All these teams obviously are capable of winning uh, of winning this division. I'm not saying the winner of – I don't think the winner of this division – I'm kind of off, like, everyone in this division, like, winning the AFC. But as a whole, this is probably the best division in the AFC, probably one of the best in the NFL. Just kind of um, a dogfight. And all these teams did not perform that well in Week 10. But I don't know. I think they'll definitely um, they'll be able to bounce back. But like I said, I, this is just the absolute bloodbath between all four of these teams. All um, all these teams capable of winning. And, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, excited to see how – these um these teams shape out over the last like seven eight games of the year. I'm still gonna stick with um Baltimore to win this division, but all these teams definitely capable. Yeah, for sure. And I think that even they might have had a disappointing week. You mentioned. I mean, this division is still wide open. I think every team's within like a game or a game and a half of first place. Probably a game uh between from Baltimore. So yeah, so it's it's wide open. Let's go go get it for any of these teams. If you want to be a playoff team, the door's open there. Uh, you, you mentioned the Ravens. I think, yeah, the Ravens would probably be the favorite. I mean, I took the Browns preseason to win this division, but they're definitely scaring me in a sense on the offensive side of things. It just seems a lot more like those Browns, like they're just too, like, it's just that thing that with the Browns, like when they get off, when you get off the Browns game script, they just, they, they can't really adapt. And it just seems like that's exactly the same problem this year. When the Browns are able to control the game like they were against the Broncos on that Thursday night football game, even without Baker Mayfield or Nick Chubb and stuff like that, they're able to win the game. But then when they get down against like the Cardinals and the Patriots this past week, it, it it's a mess. So hopefully they can start to figure things out. Or if that's the way that they have to win, they have to, have to, have to make sure they can control the game early or you're not going to win a football game. But Corey, let's move on to our game picks this week. Only two teams on the bye with the Rams and the Broncos. So we got a nice little slate starting this week. Uh, we got a couple games picked out that we'll discuss, and then we'll give the rest of our picks. The first one that we'll discuss, Corey, a rematch of the 2020 AFC playoffs. The first round, the Colts travel to Buffalo to play the Bills. The Bills are seven-point favorites in this game. The Colts season has kind of been a tale of two ever since that loss on Monday Night Football to the Baltimore Ravens, they've bounced back a lot. The Colts team really has been going with Jonathan Taylor. I think Jonathan Taylor has really stepped into his own in year two, and he's been able to run the ball better than really anybody in the NFL outside of Derrick Henry, but with obviously Derrick Henry on the injury. That leaves the, the door open for Jonathan Taylor. I mean, they had a tough loss a couple weeks ago to the Titans, but, I mean, since then they played the Jets and the Jaguars, really rolled them. I think seven points is just too much to drop, like, you know, like, if you ask me for the Bills, so I'm going to take the Colts plus seven. I think that the Bills ultimately win this game. And yes, the Bills defense has been one of the best in the league this year. So I think this game really relies on the Colts being able to get Jonathan Taylor going. If they're able to run the ball on the Bills, I think the Bills could be in for a surprise here. But I'll take the Bills 
to win the game, the Colts plus seven, especially with how the Colts secondary has looked this year. Not too, too strong. So I think Josh Allen and the Bills are able to throw the ball a little bit on them. They're able to win, but I think the Colts keep it close. Yeah, the Colts are a sneaky team. Uh, I think coming into the year, people had expectations, but they started off pretty bad. But, I mean, this offense is heating up. Um, Jonathan Taylor is an absolute monster on the run game. He's just he's just crazy good. I don't even know. Just acceleration, everything. Michael Pittman obviously emerging as um, a number one wide receiver. I think this game is going to be close. I don't. I think seven points is a lot of points. So I'm definitely going to take the Colts plus seven. I think, I think this is a really close game to go either way. Outside with the home team, I think the Bills win by about a field goal in this game. But I don't know. I think this is going to be a really good game. I think it'll be a really close game between um two, two good teams. But I'll take the Bills to win. Yeah, I mean, last year we saw how well the Colts played Buffalo in Buffalo in the playoffs. And, I mean, people thought that game was going to be pretty one-sided too. So this is a team that, again, has shown you that they could play with, right with Buffalo and Again, they're, they're playing for their lives, too, in the middle of that AFC playoff picture. So moving on to the next game, we got an NFC North divisional battle. The Packers travel to Minnesota to play the Vikings. Packers, two-point favorites here. Both teams come off nice wins. I know the Vikings had that nice win against the Charge. They were able to really control the game as well. A game here, I'm going to I'm gonna side with the Packers in a sense. I'll take them minus two. Obviously, then that means to win the game as well. The Vikings... It just seems like to beat an opponent that they really aren't supposed to. Like, I know last year they were underdogs. Last week they were underdogs, but I honestly thought they'd win that game. I don't know. I just don't think the Vikings will get up for this game as much. The Packers have really controlled them the past couple of years and dominated them. And with this, the way that their defense has kind of turned around and stuff like that, I think that they're able to keep this Minnesota Vikings offense in check. Obviously, the Vikings offense, if you ask me, a little underrated. They can do a lot of things well. But, yeah, I'm going to side with the Packers here. Again, just a team that has controlled the uh, – the matchups in the last couple of years. So I'll go with the Packers. Yeah, this should be um another close game. I think the Vikings uh need of a win. But I don't know. There's something about the Vikings. I think they're a good team, but they just they, they don't close the door in a lot of games. I think this is another game where they might have a lead early in this game or midway through, but I don't think they close the door. I think Aaron Rodgers gets the job done in Minnesota. I think the Packers win. With it's it's a one score game I think but I think they cover um minus two. Yeah, that, that I mean I kind of couldn't find that but I was kind of trying to get to that and I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah, it's like the Vikings live to leave the door open in games. So how do, you can't leave the door open for Aaron Rodgers. You leave the door open for Aaron Rodgers, he will kick the rest of the door and walk right through it and uh end up walking out of Minnesota with a W. Moving on to another game court, probably the game of the week. A lot of people would argue the Cowboys are two-and-a-half-point underdogs traveling to Kansas City to play the Chiefs. Obviously, the Chiefs had that really nice win on Monday on Sunday night football. But also the Cowboys, I mean, this past week, we didn't mention it, but they absolutely blew the doors off of the Atlanta Falcons, especially after that tough loss at home to the Broncos. They rebound nice against the Falcons. Uh, yes, the Chiefs are back, and yes, I was saying this, but I don't know. Something about this Cowboys team that makes me think that they're different. I think they're going to Arrowhead and steal this game. I think they're going to beat the Chiefs. I think that the Cowboys defense could give the Chiefs a lot of fits. Obviously, Dan Quinn uh, got back in his roots this past week. I know they were kind of struggling a little bit out of the bye. Uh, not really in the Vikings game, but more in that Broncos game. But yeah, I'm going to take the Cowboys here to win the game. I think obviously they have the offensive firepower to attack the Chiefs defense that the Raiders did not this past week. I think honestly on paper, they're just as talented as the Chiefs. So I'm going to go with them to uh, win this game. Yeah, I think this is the game of the week, definitely. Um, I mean, it's going to be on Fox, America's game of the week, but I don't know. I think this should be 
uh, a great game. I think the Chiefs are – I know this Dallas defense improved, but I, I think the Chiefs offense, I mean, I can't see I, – I can't see how they just do not replicate somewhat of what happened last week. I know this defense is better than the Raiders, but I don't know. I think Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs at least show, like, signs. Like, it's not like – they're not going to go back to how they played against, like, Green Bay, like I, I think Kansas City's offense is really good in this one. I think Dallas is also. I think this will be a really good game. I'm going to side with the home team. I think Kansas City Chiefs come away with a win, and I'll take them to cover minus two and a half. But I think this is a really good, exciting football game between two good teams. Yeah, like please don't let this game be like 13 to 10 final score. Like that would be awful. Like everybody wants to see 30 plus points on both sides. So come on, offenses don't disappoint us here. Moving on to the Monday night football game, the Giants travel to Tampa Bay off their bye week. The Buccaneers are 11 point favorites in this game. The Giants are getting a lot healthier. I mean, Saquon Barkley is going to be back in the backfield. Kadarius Tony and Kenny Galladay they got another week again to rest up and recover. Obviously, they both they both played in the last game against the Raiders, but not really at 100. percent Andrew Thomas back as well, which is, if you ask me, one of the biggest reasons for Daniel Jones' success early in the year. And once he went out, kind of the offense floundered from there. I know the Bucs are coming off a loss here, but 11 points, first of all, is way too much to lay on a primetime game. And the Giants have shown the past couple of years that they've played very well against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Obviously, last year on Monday Night Football as well, went right down to the wire. They just didn't get the two-point conversion to tie it late in that game. Uh, Daniel Jones, like I said, though, he has his full set of playmakers back. The Buccaneers, I mean, the Washington kind of dominated them in the sense of time of possession. I think if the Giants can maybe take a couple things from that game on how Washington beat them, I'm going to go I'm, I, bias is showing. I'm going to take the Giants for sure to cover. And I think the Giants ultimately can pull out a game against the Buccaneers. I don't think it's the same Buccaneers in the sense from a year ago, but I think it's just like, and, and, and again, it also makes me feel better that I saw the Rams lose back-to-back weeks. You know what I mean? I normally don't like a team like as strong as the Buccaneers losing back-to-back weeks, but, um, it gives me a little bit of hope with the Rams. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the Giants here. Hopefully them coming off a bye with the week to prepare and the sense of urgency that they have to have this game uh, propels them to victory. But, yeah, I'll go with that. Yeah, I think in a game like this, the Giants have um, have shown they could be competitive against some pretty good teams, almost beat the Kansas City Chiefs. I think I think 11 points in this, in this spot is a lot of points. I think the Giants for sure cover 11. But I'm obviously not a Giants fan that really is biased. So I think Tom Brady gets the win here. But I think the Giants make him work for it. I definitely think they cover the 11. But, yeah, I think Tampa Bay comes away with a win in this Monday Night Football showdown. Yeah, listen, this was, that, that was still a final result when I was going back and forth. It's even as big of a fan as I could be. So I'm not going to take what you want with that. But uh, we'll give you – the rest of our picks will list them out. The Thursday night football game, the Patriots are seven-point favorites in Atlanta. Super Bowl 51 rematch against the Falcons. I'll take the Patriots to win the game, but I'll take the Falcons to cover plus seven. I'll take the Ravens minus four and a half in Chicago over the Bears. I'll take the Browns minus 11 and a half uh, at home against the Lions. I think, obviously, just them uh, coming off that brutal loss to the Patriots and the Lions kind of tying I think it's going to be a route. The Texans, I'll take the cover plus 10, but the Titans to win. I'll take the Dolphins minus three uh, in the Meadowlands, in MetLife against the Jets. I'll take the Saints plus one and a half and to win the game against the Eagles. I'll take Washington plus three and a half, but the Panthers to win the game in the Ron Rivera Bowl. I'll take the 49ers minus six 
over the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'll take the Raiders plus one and to win the game over the Cincinnati Bengals. I'll take the Seahawks actually to win and cover against the Arizona Cardinals. I was back and forth between this game, but I think, again, the Seahawks are just going to come out fighting for their life in this game. And who knows about Kyler Murray's status? So I'll go with them there. And then the final game that we're picking, the month, the Sunday night football game, I'll go with the Chargers minus five and a half. So a lot of uncertainty in Pittsburgh. I know they even said Ben Roethlisberger isn't guaranteed to start this week. So, um, yeah, I'll go send, uh, with Los Angeles there. Yeah, um, I'm going to go with the Patriots. We're going to call it a push. I think the Patriots win this game by one touchdown. Uh, Ravens, I'm going to take minus four and a half over to the Bears. I'll take the Browns minus 11 and a half versus the Lions. I'll take the Titans minus 10 over the Texans. You know, I'm a Jets fan, but I don't know. When I see a line this low, going to have to take the Dolphins minus three over the Jets. But next game, the Eagles continue to just play better on the road. I'll take the Saints coming off a loss plus one and a half to win the game outright. I'll take Washington plus three and a half versus um, the Panthers, but I think the Panthers win the game. I'll take the 49ers minus six against the Jaguars. This is a tough one. I think I'm going to side with the Raiders here, plus one to win the game. I know I took them last week, but I don't know. The Bengals, even off a bye, I don't know if they're able to get it done on the road. I'm going to take – I think Russell Wilson gets it done here. I think the, the Seahawks plus two and a half to win the game. I'm going to take that. I think the Chargers – in the last game, yeah, I'll take Chargers minus five and a half over the, uh, over the Steelers. Yeah, listen, Core. I mean, I'm, I'm absolutely – I think we have every single – like the one that we just listed, we have the same winner. So we are, we're, we're doomed. We are absolutely doomed this week. But uh, – yeah, good. I mean, we're on the same page, you know. What I mean, I like I like how we're starting to see a couple couple things that we uh can agree on and stuff like that. But maybe a little too on the same page, but uh, yeah. you know what I mean. I guess I guess that's just the way we see it. I'm not I'm not gonna go against it, but uh, bring us in. It's gonna wrap up our NFL coverage for this week. Hopefully, we get another good week of NFL football in Week 11. Uh, let's bring it on to college football. I mean, college football had another great week. We'll start it on the Thursday night game. It was an ACC battle between Pitt and. North Carolina, two really of the top quarterbacks in college football between Kenny Pickett and Sam Howell. Kenny Pickett ends up being victorious in this one, throws for 346 yards, three touchdowns and an interception. Pitt was up big in this game and they really almost blew it late. A good win for them. Hopefully it sets them up for an ACC title game. I know they have a big game this week against Virginia and I believe if they win, they clinch. Yeah, if they win this game against Virginia, they clinch the the coastal division in the ACC so that will bring them into the ACC championship. For North Carolina, kind of just another disappointing year, only 5-5. Five and five. Hopefully they can get another game, be bowl eligible. But, uh, yeah, I'm interested, Corey. I mean, what quarterback do you like more? Who do you think has, like, gets drafted first? Or who do you think gets, um, or even, like, you know what I mean? Who do you think ends up being the better prime? I mean, not even a guarantee that Sam Howell goes into the draft. Maybe he comes back and tries to regain a little bit of his stock. But, uh, yeah, I'm just curious who you like more from the quarterback position. Uh, I just think based, I think last year, obviously the answer probably was Sam Howell, but I just think based off this year and how these two teams have played, I think I got to go with, uh, with Kenny Pickett. He's been, um, really good all year and the, um, Pittsburgh obviously playing like a top team in the, in the ACC. So I'm going to go, I think Kenny Pickett, uh, is proving right now, I think. I think he's I think he's gonna go higher in the draft if Sam Howell decides to to come out. I mean Howell, kind of a bigger name because uh, last year that UNC offense was so dynamic, but he lost a lot of guys and he's honestly kind of struggling a little more this year. So I think Kenny Pickett 
I think Kenny Pickett goes before him. I think they're both they'll both be decent NFL quarterbacks, and I just think Kenny Pickett um, right now I, I would take him over um, uh, Sam Howell. Yeah, from what they, what they put on tape this year, I definitely agree, and I definitely agree with the thing that you said that Pickett will go before Howell. I think a team is going to fall in love with Kenny Pickett, a team that sees an older quarterback, a guy similar in a sense to what Mac Jones was last year. I don't think he's as talented as Mac Jones, Kenny Pickett, but there's just a lot of similarities in the sense where he's very game ready and the intangibles that Kenny Pickett brings to the table can uh, step in day one and be an effective quarterback if in the right role. But yeah, Sam Howell, if you ask me, it's just been a tough year. I mean, the offensive line too has been awful for the UNC. I think they like one of the top like leaders in sacks allowed. So that's never a good thing. But yeah, I, I think, I don't know if I necessarily think he should go back to school. I'm kind of torn on that. I'd love to see Sam Howell another year in Chapel Hill. But um, I, I think a team that takes Sam Howell will get more of the 2020 version of Sam Howell. You just have to surround it with the right guys this year. A lot of turnover there. But um, hopefully UNC, for their sake, Sam Howell is able to come back and they're able to have a nice run in 2022. But uh, yeah, still a nice little preview. I mean, two weeks ago, or maybe three weeks ago now, we had Matt Corral versus Malik Willis. And now this week we get we got, or last week we got Kenny Pickett. And Sam Howell moving on court of the Big 12 Baylor absolutely shuts down Oklahoma and ruins their perfect season. Uh, they were able to win that game 27 to 14. I mean, Caleb Williams, really the first hurdle he's encountered in his college career, only threw for 142 yards, two interceptions this game. They tried to go to Spencer Rattler to kind of uh, jolt the team. Maybe Lincoln Riley pulling a little Nick Saban in the SEC championship game wasn't able to work. Ultimately, Oklahoma's playoff hopes, if you ask me, are the the doors this day you can't even see what i'm doing with my fingers it's so small open is what i'm trying to describe but um for baylor a nice win for their program and uh yeah just oklahoma a team that uh, the committee didn't really love that they were playing with fire all year finally um gets back to them yeah, i mean oklahoma a lot of games this year they've uh the, it's come down to the wire they had not really much business winning uh that game against texas but obviously Caleb williams came in and balled Barely squeaked by West Virginia at home. Like, it's been a lot of close games. I think the committee was taking that into consideration. And, yeah, I mean, they finally drop a game. And, yeah, I think their playoff chances, they need a lot of teams to just start losing games. Because even if they win the rest of their games here and win the Big 12 championship game, I don't think with uh, one loss, unless, like, Oregon loses, Cincinnati takes an L. Ohio State loses. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't see how Oklahoma can get in. But yeah, I mean, this game, Caleb Williams, only a freshman, finally had a um, had kind of a poor game. But I mean, he, he's only a freshman. I guess he was kind of due for some type of game in, a, in an environment like uh, like Baylor. Um, <clears throat> you got to give credit to to the Baylor defense in this one. But yeah, I want. I'm curious to see who starts next week. If I'm Lincoln Riley. I would stay with Caleb Williams. He had one poor game at home against Iowa State. I'd ride with with Caleb Williams. But, yeah, I mean, tough, tough loss for for Oklahoma in this one, probably diminishing their uh, their playoff hopes. Yeah, I mean, you say you think they go for Caleb Williams. I agree with that. I think that Caleb Williams also is the future at that program, too. And you got a tough stretch coming up. You'd love to see him against this top-level competition. Obviously, Baylor is probably the best team that he's played so far. And then from there, you got – Iowa State, which is going to be a pretty tough task. And then they have, they have the, oh, Oklahoma State. They have the last week of the season, of course. So, again, Oklahoma State, one of the, like, underrated teams in the country. I mean, they're right up in there, too, in the playoff race. So, um, yeah, obviously, they uh, 
they, they got a tough road ahead of them, even if they want to get to the Big 12 championship game. But yeah, for Baylor, big win for them. I mean, they got to honestly even put themselves right in Big 12 playoff contention, too. I mean, if a loss, if, as long as they went out and they get a loss in that Oklahoma Oklahoma State game, they, which obviously has to be a loss, they should be good, I'm pretty sure. But uh, the biggest thing, if you ask me, surrounding Oklahoma would be Lincoln Riley and his future because there's been a lot of rumors about him potentially taking the LSU job. I think maybe the rumors are a little real, but I don't know necessarily if Lincoln Riley should take the job. I think that at Oklahoma, he kind of has like a um, – like the one of the coldest seats in the country, you know what I mean? If like once you start changing, I think you might go to LSU. They might start expecting like playoff appearances a little too soon. I think yes, LSU is a better job than Oklahoma, but not by a whole ton. And especially with Oklahoma going into the SEC, like I, I really don't know necessarily how much it really would benefit Lincoln Riley's future if he took the LSU job. And especially a couple of years ago, Lincoln Riley turned down the Dallas Cowboys job, which if you're going to turn down the Cowboys job, I mean, are, there's no way you're going to then jolt to the LSU job, if you ask me. So that's where I stand on that. I Even USC, too, is another big job opening. But I don't think – I think Lincoln Riley is going to be safe in Norman. Yeah, for sure. If um, Like you said, if you're turning down the Cowboys job, I can't see how you're leaving Oklahoma to go to LSU, a top program also, or, or USC. So. Yeah, <clears throat> if I'm Lincoln Riley, uh, I mean, I'm not him, but yeah, I, I don't think Lincoln Riley goes um, to another college. I think he definitely stays at uh, Oklahoma. He's done a pretty good job. Uh, obviously, hasn't won anything, like any championships, bowl cha- um, and, and football, college football playoff championships, but I don't know. As a, as a college coach, he's done a, um, a pretty good job. I think he stays in Oklahoma. Moving on to the Big Ten, Michigan traveled to Penn State. Michigan was able to be victorious. They won this game 21-17 to on a late touchdown to Eric All, the tight end there. Caleb McNamara, again, turns in another real nice performance, three touchdowns. And really a game that they had to grind out. I mean, no Blake Corm uh, in the run game, but Hassan Haskins really took the lead role there. And for a Michigan team that, again, a lot of people, they lost that game to Michigan State. And they some people may have wrote them off, but they're right in the thick of things. They continue to set themselves up for a huge match with Ohio State potentially in two weeks. I think that this Michigan team is one of Harbaugh's best. I really do believe it. I mean, on the defensive side of the ball, they have two first-round picks, surefire first-round picks in um, Adrian Hutchinson and Ajabo, the defensive end, too, has been unbelievable. He has like 10 sacks on the season. So a good win for Michigan here for sure. For Penn State, kind of been a tough year ever since they kind of lost Sean Clifford in that second half to Iowa, you know what I mean? Things have kind of went down from there. But, um, yeah, I think, again, just another big win for the Michigan Wolverines. Yeah, Michigan comes away with a uh, with a big win here. I mean, they keep their, I'd say, slim college football playoff hopes alive at this point. Going to be tough, but you never know. They currently rank sixth. But, yeah, Penn State's season kind of took – ever since that loss to Iowa, they've kind of gone downhill in – this is a game, Michigan. Um, usually, they sometimes they they have trouble winning the big games. I mean, this kind of was a big game in 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 De- Happy Valley, and, and they came away with a win here, which was um, a big win. Um, McNamara played well. Uh, obviously, Haskins on the ground rushing for 156, which is um, a good win for Michigan. And yeah, I mean, now they play Maryland, and then they play Ohio State at. The um, last game of the season, they got to win, obviously, both those games and then let the, the committee do it, what they do. But I don't know, probably slim hopes. But I mean, you never know. They just got to win out. 
yeah, I'm absolutely terrified for Michigan against Maryland because I think it would be like very bittersweet. Like it, it would be awful if they go and blow that game to Maryland and then kind of completely ruin their playoff hopes. I think they have to run the table for sure. They got to win those last two games and then they have to win the Big Ten championship game. But come on, at least set yourself up for that game against Ohio State. That would be one of the biggest matchups. I know they had that game, I think it was a couple of years ago in 2016, the year with Curtis Samuel ended the game with that touchdown in overtime. But It'll be one of the biggest games, Ohio State-Michigan games, in quite some time. But I'm not going to overreact there. Obviously, Michigan still has to beat Maryland. And this Ohio State team does have a tough task with them against Michigan State this week. But, I mean, Ohio State just looks like they're on another level. I mean, this past week against Purdue, they continue to show you. I think they have one of the best offenses in the country. They probably do have the best. I mean, thanks to their receivers. I mean, Travion Henderson, obviously, they're running back. And then their receivers, um, Olave, Wilson, and Smith Najigba are unbelievable. I mean, the best trio in college football. And C.J. Stroud's really coming into himself as a quarterback. I think that this Ohio State team is dangerous. I think they're maybe the only team in the country that I would be feel okay with picking over Georgia to win it all and then to beat Georgia. But yeah, I mean, this is, I, I like, I don't like, they, like I said, Michigan State to top. Michigan State will give them a game, but I don't think Ohio State will fall to them. And I think Ohio State, Michigan will, um, be a matchup of two one-loss teams fighting to be uh, the Big Ten champion in two weeks. I mean, yeah, C.J. Stroud, he, he he's really improved throughout this year. You can make an argument he he's right there in the uh, in the Heisman conversation. He's got thirty touchdowns on the year, but yeah, I mean this this Ohio State team is looking really dangerous. Like you said, their wide receivers are just so so good. Like Jackson Smith and the Jigba, that guy, also just a, a really good wide receiver. Obviously, they got Chris Olave and um, other guys. But, yeah, I mean, this team's pretty dangerous right now. And, I mean, if they make the college football playoff as the four seed, I'm not saying Georgia. I'm not saying Georgia. It's, they're definitely not scared to play these guys. But I know they'd way rather see, like, Oregon at that four seed than, than Ohio State, rightfully so. Because I think if Ohio State plays Oregon now, Definitely a different result that was early in the year, but um, that happened. And in the, in the Ohio State is the four seed, but yeah, I mean this Ohio State Ohio State offense and the whole team is just looking extremely dangerous uh, down the stretch of the season. Yeah, that would be a tough, tough first round matchup for Georgia if they had to take on Ohio State. I think that ultimately the Big Ten champion will end up moving to the three. I mean, unless it's Oregon, man. Oregon is such a wild card in there. So I shouldn't say that yet. But, yeah, especially with Ohio State. But, yeah, I think if, like, Michigan ends up were to win out, I think they would hop Oregon. Besides the fact, I think that let's just, let's just worry about this Big Ten game first. Let's not get too over ahead of ourselves with teams in the playoffs and stuff like that. Ohio State still has a tough table in front of them. Obviously, they, they play Michigan State and then Michigan, and then they'd have to win the Big Ten championship game. But, uh, yeah, it just seems like it's a lot more of the past Ohio State years when early in the year, obviously, they played Minnesota kind of tough, kind of close, and then they lose to Oregon. I think that was week that was week two. So people were like, oh, maybe Ohio State, uh, maybe they aren't so good this year. Now tell me about it. No, they're good. They just need a, they need a little bit to get used to Stroud, but they're good. They're more than good. Core, a little bit of change up in the – Top uh, in the college football polls, we had Notre Dame jump to number eight. Oklahoma State moves into the top ten as well. They are number nine. I mean, I really don't see a way that Notre Dame gets into the college football playoffs because they're behind Cincinnati. Like, they would need help, and they'd also need Cincinnati to lose for sure because if Cincinnati doesn't make the playoffs but Notre Dame does, if you ask me, that is absolutely crazy. Notre Dame doesn't – like, Cincinnati has a better win than Notre Dame. I mean, Notre Dame doesn't have a good – like – 
a great win on. Yes, they blew out Wisconsin this year. I mean, they have a couple of smaller ones. Like, are, are really hanging our hat this year about beating UNC? You know what I mean? They beat Virginia Tech on the road in a real close game. They beat Virginia last week without Virginia's quarterback. Like, I don't know. It's just not a great resume for Notre Dame, and especially with that loss to Cincinnati. I think if they beat Cincinnati, they'd be right right outside of it right now. I probably think they'd be like number five where Cincinnati is. But realistically, I just don't think that this team has a uh, has a chance in the college football playoffs unless they get all sorts of help. Yeah, I mean, in the in the college football playoff, it's it's not that easy. Uh, it's only four teams that get in, so I mean, a lot of these teams, including Notre Dame, I'd say Notre Dame's chances are definitely like under five five percent. Like, you just need so much help. To, like, there's just especially if you're a team like you're not Alabama or Georgia playing like against top teams all the time. You literally have not much room for error at all, and I mean, you got to just capitalize on your um, on your big games. And Notre Dame took an L to, to Cincinnati, and I don't know, like that's that might be that might cost them a spot in the college football playoff or at least a chance. I know Cincinnati ten and zero, and they're still looking on the outside, looking in. So I mean, there's just such little margin for error from a lot of these teams that that's why I want them to expand it to eight teams. But I mean, four teams is. It's still pretty cool, but I don't know. I'd like them to expand it. But, yeah, Notre Dame in the situation, I'd say, yeah, their their playoff chances are probably really low. Um, definitely can get into, like, a, a New Year's Six Bowl. But, yeah, to make the college football playoff, they're going to need tons of help. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I also mentioned <laughs> Oklahoma State there. I think Oklahoma State has an easier path in the sense that if they win out and they win that Big 12 championship, I think it's a one-loss team with a Power 5 conference championship belt i think that yeah i think that for sure they're in the running i don't necessarily think i think they might even need a little help right there i think if it stays as is if oregon wins the pac-12 i think if uh, ohio state wins the big 10 or whatever bama beats georgia then i think it just stays in the top four but besides the fact uh i think oklahoma state is more than alive uh core a couple other performances i'll just mention real quick this past week auburn blew a huge lead they were up like 28-3 against mississippi state will rogers the quarterback from mississippi, mississippi state throws six touchdowns in that game bo Nix done for the year as well because he gets hurt in that game kind of bittersweet in the sense kind of upsetting in the sense that i thought auburn versus alabama the iron bowl was gonna be a really good game this year especially on the in auburn i thought definitely a spot where bama could be a little vulnerable so i guess now with TJ Finley, the former LSU quarterback, being in Auburn, I don't necessarily love their chances there. And core, I'll show your kicker's respect. I mean, Texas Tech's kicker. I, I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna show him respect. And I'm completely blanking on his name. Guy hits like a 63-yard field goal to walk it off against Iowa State. Just kind of uh sums up Iowa State season. Just a tough one, you know. What I mean, kind of disappointing there. I mean, Matt Campbell had like a bad interview. If you ask me, I love Matt Campbell, but he he was like. I mean, he, he was just trying to say basically or something like that, that his goal wasn't to win like the big 12 championship or whatever. Like it was like to, for the team to be the best version of itself, which don't get me wrong. Yeah, it's a great goal. But come on now, like your, your goal is definitely to win the big 12 championship. Don't pull that bullshit on us. But uh, for that Texas Tech kicker, good for him. And uh, he's got an absolute leg on him. Yeah, I mean, that kick was um was good probably by about another five yards. But yeah, I don't really like when uh, a coach said that. This kind of reminds me. I'm I'm related to the NBA. I remember the Clippers lose to the Nuggets in like the bubble, and then Paul George is like, "Yeah, our it wasn't championship like win a title or bust this season, but it clearly was." Like, don't lower your expectations just because you didn't 
reach the expectations, like just own up to it that you didn't reach the expectations and then just like get back to it next year. Cause obviously Iowa state's goal was to win the big 12. Obviously the Clippers goal was to win the championship. And when it doesn't happen, don't say like, Oh, that wasn't our goal. Like, obviously it was, I don't really like that. And yeah, I kind of agree with you in that aspect. Iowa state could still finish the season strong, but then winning the big 12 championship game, pretty uh, unlikely. Yeah. I mean, I don't even, I actually think they might be eliminated from contention, but um, yeah, then it, 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 it own up to it. A hundred percent. I agree with you in that sense, but moving on to our game picks this week, we got a couple that we'll go through real quick. Uh, big trend battle we've mentioned earlier. Number seven, Michigan State travels to Ohio State. Ohio State, number four in the country, and they are 19-point favorites in this game. I think what Michigan State can do in the sense of running the football with Kenneth Walker, that's why I'm going to take them with the points. But I think Ohio State, this offense is too explosive. I think this ends up turning into a little bit of a shootout. I think Michigan State puts up maybe some pity points late. I do think Ohio State wins this game pretty comfortably, but I'll take I'll take Michigan State with the points. Yeah, I mean, this should be a um, a really good game. I, I think it'll be pretty high scoring, this, this Ohio State uh, offense. Too explosive. Kenneth Walker also really good. I don't know. At home, this is a lot of points. But I don't know. I think Ohio State just absolutely absolutely been rolling. I think they win this game by about three touchdowns. I think uh, they cover minus 19 in this uh, in this game. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Michigan State's good, but they have not seen an aerial attack like Ohio State this year. Moving on to an SEC battle. Number 21, Arkansas travels to Bama to play the second-ranked Crimson Tide. Alabama 21-point favorites in this game. Uh, yes, Arkansas did beat Texas A&M, and Texas A&M did beat Alabama, but that's not what we do. You know what I mean? It doesn't work like that in football. But what are, after the egg that Arkansas laid against Georgia, I do not feel comfortable taking Arkansas in this game. I think, again, Bama got right last week against like New Mexico State or something like that after that close game against LSU. So, yeah, I think Alabama kind of lays it on Arkansas. They kind of remind Arkansas, that, yeah, you're a pretty decent SEC team, but uh, you're not with the big boys here. I think Alabama wins this game big. I'll take Alabama to cover the 21 here. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think that was li- exactly what I was thinking. Alabama, I mean, Arkansas um, went into Georgia and got absolutely smoked. Uh, I think Georgia at this point is a little better than Alabama. But, yeah, 21 points. I'm going to lay it with the tide. I think they get the job done here and cover the spread at home versus Arkansas. All right, and our last game that we're going to be picking, it's a Pac-12 battle. Number three, Oregon travels to Utah to play the Utes. Utah is three-point favorites in this game. They're 23rd in the country. Definitely a game that you're going to look at and be like, oh, is the line backwards and stuff like that? It's one of those things where, you know what I mean? Some people might look and they might be, oh, the higher-ranked team is underdogs. Like, oh, obviously it should be a win. Listen, Utah's a pretty good program, obviously, the past couple of years and stuff like that. And Oregon has – um. Oregon hasn't been a convincing football team this year. I mean, they lost to Stanford, who's has not been good this year at all. UCLA, they barely squeezed by. I mean, Washington, even a couple of weeks ago, they almost slipped up. So I guess a lot of people are banging on Oregon to kind of collapse. But as, as much as this feels like such, trying to reel me in, I'm going to take Oregon here. My sole purpose is that, like, Oregon, a couple of years ago, too, they were underdogs in that game, in the Big 12 championship game, and they were able to really handle Utah as well and put their playoff chances to bed. So they're going to have to beat Utah twice probably because it looks like Utah is also going to match up with them in the Pac-12 championship game. I'll take Oregon to cover and win here, but I don't feel too, too convinced about that, especially how fishy the line is. I think Anthony Brown, though, and obviously Mario Cristobal, too, the head coach of Oregon, I will be in his corner. Um, I love what he's been doing with them the past couple of years. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Oregon here, but it definitely feels too fishy to me. 
Yeah, this line is so fishy. I mean, Oregon plus one, plus three on the road, like, just feel weird taking Oregon. Like, it's got to be a trap. I know Utah's good, but they're the number three team in the country, Oregon, and they're plus three. You know what? I can't fall for the trap. Maybe it's a reverse trap. I don't know, but it's just such a weird line. I'm going to take Utah minus three. Uh, Utah's had some... um, I was honestly watching that game when they when they just absolutely demolished Stanford. I'm not saying Stanford's good, but that was just an absolute beatdown. Uh, I know they beat UCLA at home. I'll take Utah on this one in um in a big game at Utah. Yeah, I'll take I'll take Utah minus three. I just can't fall for for a trap. Even though for Oregon's sake, I kind of like to see them in the playoffs, so I hope it's not a trap. But yeah, I'm gonna take Utah minus three in this one. Yeah, maybe, maybe I agree with that. Maybe that's clouding my judgment a little bit because I definitely want to see Oregon in the playoffs and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, you're 100% right, man. I mean, this just it's too much up. And credit to you for um for sticking with the gut, you know what I mean, and going with it. But that's going to do it for today's episode. Uh, Core, anything you want to leave off with? Nah, just um, not really. Um, just getting down to the ends of the college football season and um, getting through this NFL season. It's been a good season. Good night. Looking forward to watching that. But yeah, that's about it. Yeah, only two more weeks, including this week of the college football regular season. Then we got to start our conference championship weekend, and then we got bowl season. So, uh, yeah, get ready for that. And obviously in the NFL, I mean, we're week 11. We're closing in on what's we're getting close to the home stretch. So, uh, yeah, we'll uh, see what happens with that. But, yeah, that's going to do it for today's episode. Be sure to check us out on the Instagram at the deep ball underscore. Take care, everybody. Have a good one.